0: Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where we have conversations with social entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ordinary people who are achieving extraordinary results. And now, here is your host, Shristi Gajarel. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast. I am super excited about this one because I'm not only interviewing one of my really good friends, but this is also my 10th episode. So I still remember, it was like first week of January, I was sitting with my friend and I was telling my friend, maybe I should start a podcast, but I don't think people would care or anyone would even listen and he was like, "Tristy, just give it a shot, what do you have to lose? And and I'm so glad that I listened to him and not my fears because this podcast has been nothing but a blessing. I mean, it is a lot of work, but I've got an opportunity to meet world-class athletes Olympians, New York Times best-selling authors businessmen and so many people that I would have never ever thought that I would meet or or know them in a deeper level and I am super grateful for that I just want to tell you guys if you're thinking about starting something and the only reason you're not starting that is because you are scared and because you think you'll be made fun of or you don't have any experience then please don't listen to that and just start it. I had zero idea, zero experience, but a deep desire to make a difference. And guys, if you want to do something, just go ahead and do it. And today's episode is exactly going to teach you that. So I'm interviewing my friend Frankie. He has a gym. He's a firefighter. He's an entrepreneur. When he's not working, he's going to schools and colleges and talking about health and wellness and living a better quality life. He truly defines what it means to be driven. Like I have met people who are driven, but this guy is another level. He's always thinking about long-term picture. He's always thinking about goal setting and making something out of his life. So guys, if you are thinking about starting, if you want that extra dose of inspiration, this podcast is it. So without further ado, Frank D'Agostino. All right, Frankie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, I'm glad to be here.
0: I am so excited for this one. So for people who don't know who you are or are not familiar with your journey, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: My name is Frank D'Agostino, I am 25 years old. I'm a Yonkers firefighter as well as co-owner of Transform Fitness and Training with my two partners, Brian Harrington and Ryan Boyle.
0: Okay, so how did you start your fitness journey? Like. What led you to be the person
1: you are today? So I've actually, I've thought about this a lot and I've been thinking about it more and more with my fitness journey, who I am personally and like where I came from. I'm asking myself a lot of questions like, did it just start in high school because I wanted to look good for spring break in 2010, right? We went to Bahamas spring break Uh and I was going with all my friends. So I spent a lot of time wanting to bulk up and look good on the beach and look good for girls. Or was it it trying to get fit for, for football and track? or sports, was it, you know, somewhere in between a vanity standpoint and also like, just wanting to be the b- best version of myself. Mm-hmm. But the more and more that I think about it and the more that I feel like it was kind of embedded in in my, I would say DNA, but also upbringing, mm-hmm. was my, my mom was a big influence. Like, I grew up watching my mom working out in front of the TV and I was probably in you know the I was probably in a, in the stroller and sitting there my mom was doing Billy blank's you know workout VHS oh, wow. she popped the tapes in put it into the TV and she would just do it she would and she was aggressive she would go for it so from there then she started doing you know biggest lo- loser DVDs the more and more I think about it I think I need to give my mom more credit for So did you get
0: like your entrepreneurial side from your dad then
1: actually yes. It's a hundred percent. So I think my my outside personality is more of my mom in a sense where it's like, she was like, shake hands with, since I remember, shake hands with everyone, uh, be friendly, be, be courteous, be everything from, she was very into like instilling morals and values Mm -hmm. into me. You know, I was four years old. I was the kid who was walking up to everyone at the basketball game, shaking hands with all the parents. (laughs) Right. And if I didn't, she'd be like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you do? And I, I, I'm staring at her. Oh, okay. Clicks in my head. Shake hands. Mm-hmm. Or if I, if someone gave me something, you know, it was always say thank you, say please, hold the door open. So a lot of that I think came from my mom and it translated into even like my business now with transform where people walk through the door. People are there instinctually. Like I feel like, all right, I have to go say hello or you have to go greet them. Mm-hmm. And in terms of building a community and really making sure you build that within a business or just with the, with the team, mm-hmm. I think those, those small little things are important.
0: That's true. I mean, I did. I love kickboxing. It's in Midtown. It was way more expensive than what I was paying. But I felt like I belonged there. And that made all the difference. I didn't mind paying like 150 bucks because... Like, I love the community. Exactly. You love the
1: community. You love the... You Sometimes it's like, okay, maybe I'll pull back on doing X, Y, and Z, and I'll save up my money on the side for this because, one, it's bettering me, but two, you kind of just feel good being there. And I think in 2017, especially in the fitness industry, as we're seeing the boutiques really like, you know, go full force and they're so successful, doing Mm -hmm. so well... People want to be a part of something. People, you know, from social media to working out to, to, you see all these businesses and corporate companies throughout Manhattan changing the way that, you know, you go from having a cubicle mm-hmm. and kind of hiding behind the desk <laughs> to like open, open floor concept. We want to be a part of something. We want human interaction and human oh, touch. I think it makes a, a big difference. I think, and like what you said with I love kickboxing, yeah. I think it's really about how much value mm-hmm. you can bring to your customer or to people. Like, instead of every time somebody walks through your door Mm -hmm. you see a dollar you know sign over their head Mm -hmm. replace that with how can i help this person or what can i do to give them value i love that
0: mindset i love
1: that i'll tell you a story there is this one girl we did a fair Mm -hmm. so my partners and i all of our amazing trainers because we have unbelievable trainers that transform Mm -hmm. like what the story i wanted to tell you was we went to um the columbus day fair in Eastchester, and that's basically uh, tuckahoe is within east chester that's where we have our business we were we had a spin wheel so we set up a booth and we had this awesome booth we had a 40 inch television and it was playing reels that um, roger rojas he does all of our videos and pictures yeah. he had all these highlight reels and then we had a spin wheel and we had tons of you know we brought our we had mats I, we spent like an hour and a half zip tying um christmas light icicles to the top of these tents so that we could actually have like a lit up booth. So we set up this nice table and we had a spin wheel. So the spin wheel was pretty cool because we custom made it and you would spin the wheel and it was either it's it landed on an exercise and you had to do like twenty burpees or five push-ups, or it landed on a free month or a free week to transform fitness. So this one family, they came from, uh, I don't even actually want to say where, you know, they uh-huh. came from, but this one family, they were amazing. They were uh-huh. so funny. They were like one of those loud families <laughs> that you kind of could see from a mile away, yeah. like you saw them from the Ferris wheel. Yeah. And so they came on over, they spun the wheel and they won a free month. Yeah. So this girl wins a free month and she. She comes to the, she come like maybe two weeks later, she's coming to the gym and she's doing amazing. Like to the point where her work ethic is noticed. It's recognized. Like wow. my mom and sister were taking the boxing class with her. And when I got home, they were like, that, that little girl did amazing. She's what well, she knows. She's like 19 years yeah. old, 18 years old. And then our trainers are like, you know, uh, I'll just say her name is Sophie. Like Sophie, Sophie's killing it in class. She's crushing it. So I was like, wow, she's really doing well. But four weeks is up a month later. We don't see her anymore. So I I sent her a text and I was like, hey, I was like, what's up? Like, why haven't you been to class? Not realizing that the month free was, you know, the free month was up. And she said to me, she goes, hey, I absolutely love it. Like, finally, I found a gym that um, is right for me, but I just can't afford it right now. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there and I kind of stared at the text for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, so... I'm thinking about, you know, the interactions that she had and just like her face when she comes in, how happy she is to be there. She lost a ton of weight. Like she just looked good. Her Mm -hmm. overall, her she was just happy. Mm -hmm. So I sent her a text back and I said, hey, I said, let's keep this between you and me. And obviously now that we're on your podcast, Mm -hmm. it won't be between me and her anymore. (laughs) But I said, you know, let's give you another four, you know, four to eight weeks for free, you know, right into summer and see how it goes. And she was like, are you sure I feel so bad doing that? I was like, no, let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. So... She comes again, she winds up coming up, she's loving it, she's doing great. And again, the money wasn't what I was thinking about. And you know, the thought of charging her went out the window. But what my point of this story is, is that she has brought us seven clients, seven clients. So the thing is, maybe you take that risk and it's not a risk. Maybe, you know, I didn't expect anything from her. I just wanted to be able to give her the opportunity. Because we take pride in the facility, right? We built the gym from scratch. We, I want people to come in and have fun. And when they enjoy it, it makes me feel proud. It makes my partners feel proud. So she came. She was enjoying it. She had such an amazing experience. She made memories, had a great time. You know, the trainers, everyone took, you know, noticed her. That she brought us seven paying clients. And since then, those clients, I think I brought us like three more clients. So you just think about like paying it forward and giving back and
0: so why is that important? Like for instance, right? For November after Thanksgiving you went to city and you know oh, yeah, gave yeah, yeah. food to homeless people and you go to like high schools and colleges and teach kids about like health and fitness and why it's important why is it important for you to care?
1: Um you know I don't I, I can't tell you that there's like a direct reason. I My, you know, growing up, my mom instilled in me kind of like what goes around comes around, like karma, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're spiritual, religious, or somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. like you have to believe in doing good in the world, right? You have to believe in that. There's something that is greater than what we are, Mm -hmm. and the I think I truly believe this, and my mom instilled it in me. Like the universe answers back, so I think it's important to do good deeds without expecting anything in return. And you know, what goes around comes around. Maybe it'll come back to you, maybe it won't, and it could be two minutes later or twenty years later. But there's people in this world who are less fortunate than us. And no matter what you say, like I think you know, no matter what people say, I think luck really does play a role. So, you know, between my mom instilling those things in me and then, you know, even though, you know, seeing my dad like always kinda of be willing to lend a helping hand to family members, to close friends, I've just always felt like giving is a good you know good thing and for the first time really like giving back through something that we're really passionate about like health and fitness we had a Thanksgiving lunch at transform fitness we had tons of people come it was a great turnout Um, we made two giant turkeys and we had a lot of leftover food so I'm sitting there with you know some of our guys you know our trainers our staff my mom is there still Um, I think Roger was with us, if I'm not mistaken. Um, my girlfriend, yeah, Marissa, my girlfriend was with us and I'm looking around, I'm like, we need to do something with this. Like, this is insane. You know, we were just about to throw out some of the food and then we said, oh, let's, you know, divide this and give it to some of the people. But like, we don't need it. I don't need that extra food. The trainers don't need the extra food. So we ran to the supermarket, we grabbed brown paper bags, um, plastic Ziplocs, napkins, and we had leftover like forks and knives. And we made an assembly line with the two folding tables that we had there. And we put the brown bags all standing up. We had the plastic Ziplocs. If you could just imagine this, everything's laid down. And we're sitting there, you know, getting our hands dirty, cutting through the turkey, um, uh, cutting the cakes in half. We had some leftover um, desserts. Uh, There was a lot of food. So I think we wound up making 35, 36 individual lunch bags. And the thought was, why don't we go somewhere and give, give these out? So, I didn't know what to do. I didn't really know where to go. And I guess I could have went somewhere local. But the thought just popped up into my head of jumping off the train in the city and walking around. And you see homeless people all over. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't think it would be that difficult. And I thought we would be able to make a difference. To be honest, that was a pretty emotional thing. Because um, Roger actually made the trip with me after everyone had helped. We bagged everything up. I put it in a giant um, luggage, a giant suitcase that you would travel with. And... I was like, I asked Roger, I said, I said, listen, I said, let's film this. And he was like, are you sure you want to film this? Like, you know, people could take it the wrong way. And then I thought about that too. I was like, I guess you're right. I don't know. And we just kind of played on it for a while because if you're doing this good deed, does it really need to be documented? But then I kind of thought of it in the opposite way. Like, why not document it? I know in my heart that I'm not doing it because I just want people to see it and I want to get likes and views. But why not document it and then maybe that will motivate somebody else to do a good deed and and pay that forward as well. But it was emotional. I mean, we we were were pulling out bags and you see people's faces light up. And what's crazy is, too, is I didn't realize, like, how many homeless like they're actually like families like you see the individual homeless people are, are less fortunate uh, you know on the sides underneath the streets under the under the um construction uh overpasses and stuff but then like you see a guy with his child and you know they're full of dirt and you know she's she looks like she's starving or you see a woman who who's you know filled with dirt and maggots from, from or, or bugs from head to toe and you give her the bag and her face lights up and she says thank you so much. God bless you. And it was just a really amazing feeling. And then one of the last ones was this was this guy who was kind of like probably my age, and he was pretty good shape, you know, like real rough around the edges guy. He looked a little intimidating to walk up to, but we had like two more bags left. And I said to Roger, I was like, yeah, let's just do it. So we both walked up to him together, and I was like, hey man, like uh, you know, we have some food left over from Thanksgiving. We'd love to give it to you if you if you want it. And he looked up, and that. You know, we looked right into his eyes, and that whole intimidating thing kind of just wore away.
0: Probably got chills, right? Yeah, like
1: I, I, I don't know. It's, I get, I get chills thinking about it because it, you, it's hard to explain and to relay. It's kind of mm-hmm. just like you had to be there in the experience. Roger knows what I'm talking about. But he looked up and he just smiled, and he was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Thank you so much." Jumped up, smiling, and he hugged us. I like, you know, you're kind of taken back at first, like, whoa. So he hugs us and, you know, we walked away from that. It was pouring, by the way, at that point. It was literally pouring. We had, we bought an umbrella on our way, you know, walking through the streets. But to make a long story short, it was just an amazing experience. You don't realize the potential that you have and and the things that you can do to make a difference in this world until you actually just take a risk and do it. And I think all of us have it in us, but it's really about stepping outside your comfort zone and just doing it taking that risk you know
0: that's all my podcast is about just being courageous and doing something that you're scared of exactly i think you're not going to progress without risk like you have to risk to progress
1: exactly we have written in our facility um myself brian again my partner and ryan my third partner we came up with an idea to paint words from top to bottom of our in, in the facility So on one wall, we have a quote from Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. On another wall, we have a quote that we actually made up underneath the word Team Transform. And on the other wall, it says, transform yourself with our logo. And then all different um, phrases. And one of them is, take risks. Mm -hmm. And we truly believe in this. To the point that we wrote it and painted it in our facility from head to toe. And it's a big deal. Like, to take risks. Because... People said, you know, maybe you shouldn't open up a gym. There's that's, tons.
0: That's going to be my next question. Like how, like, how did you decide to take that risk?
1: Um, I think one, it, you know, we battled with it back and forth for a while. Um, to really jump full force into it. I believed, I on, honest to God, not trying to sound cocky, but I truly believed in myself and I believe in my partners. And then it just felt right. I asked a lot of people for advice. Right. From my family to my friends. And there were two different schools of thought. One was, I don't know, you're so young. Like maybe you shouldn't do it. There's tons of gyms. Every-. That's what I heard a lot. There's gyms everywhere. You know, what are you going to do that's different? And that's not what that's not what I was worried about. I knew that this gym was going to be different, but it was the thought, you know, like you're investing money. I, I just finished off, I think, literally that month that this had come into uh, f- fruition Um or maybe a couple weeks after paying off my loans and everything for college, so everything like that. And I I thought about it and I was like, here's the thing. If my partners go ahead and open this business and they're successful, you know, I'm going to support them no matter what, you know, if they do it without me. But the risk for me was not Taking the risk and not opening the facility. That's what I decided. I spoke to a mil- I spoke to a bunch of people, dozens of people asking them for advice. And what I realized was, and, and this, I don't mean for this to sound, um, disrespectful towards specific people that I asked advice for, but you kind of have to take a step back and look, who are you taking the advice from? You know what I mean? And, you you have to take a step back and you have to see, like, who am I taking this advice from? Am I just asking somebody to ask their opinion? And I think after a while, you realize a lot of people are opinionated mm-hmm. and you're going to have tons of thoughts thrown at you. And it's up to you to figure out, like, what do you really want to do? Deep down inside, what is your heart telling you? And my heart told me in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, I'm going to look back and regret the decision to not open this facility. And I'm telling you now that, to be a part of Transform Fitness, to open this facility, it was the number one, I think, I don't know about the number one yet, I'm only 25, but up until this day, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, and this has by far, I think, been the best year of my life.
0: What was the hardest part, though? Like, I mean, it's great now because you're on the other side of the matrix, right? You you make that decision, it's great, but like most people, the hardest thing for them is to decide, for them to Believe in themselves that yes, I can do it or my thought matter or what I want to create matters. So what was the hardest part for you? And how did you overcome that?
1: I think the hardest part to be honest was just going back and forth with myself and You know, are we gonna lose the money that we invest into it? Are people right? Are there really a million gyms all over the place? Um, I think for I think and I'm speaking for myself and my partners when I say this once we made the decision to open, we knew what we were doing. We had the game plan, everything was set. Um we already had had a couple of guys in place and they were amazing, amazing, you know, team team of trainers and coaches. But the hardest part was really to get open. I'm going to be I'll be honest, like it was 7 months to open up the facility. Wow. 7 months. I mean, you're talking we did basically almost everything on our own. Painting, uh cleaning, laying down the floors, um our team stepped up, stepped it up a lot, and they were really helpful with getting all the equipment to the gym. Um, Kevin, one of our trainers, he helped Brian with a lot of the painting, uh, but we did a lot of the work on our own. It wasn't like we had that those extra funds to sub everything out, and that's why I took the time. I'll tell you, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing, and you might actually see like the uh, video of it on my Instagram, and like there's also a picture, was building out the bathrooms. It took us a lot of time between the architect and our contractor and the building department to get the bathrooms to where they needed to be. Because mm. at first we were only supposed to be opening up, uh, we were only needed one bathroom, then we needed two, then they both needed to be um, handicap accessible. So it just took a lot of time to build out that whole section of the gym and make sure everything was apply- uh, you know, compliant to code.
0: So with marketing and advertising, right, I feel like you guys are so good with it. And in today's day and age, can us business succeed without having a heavy presence in social media
1: so we take a lot of time and i think we put a lot of thought and effort into our social into our social media and just into overall like local marketing and advertising um there's tons of room for improvement and by no means are we shattering records on Instagram or anywhere on on social media. But But, you've also
0: been just there for 15 months and you're already doing so
1: well. But we do have a great presence Mm -hmm. and we have a team and we may be, you know, transform fitness, but under that umbrella, we also have a team of, of of amazing trainers and coaches that it helps with getting out the word about Mm -hmm. our gym. I think it comes down to this. You really have to offer an amazing service. You have to have an amazing service and offer an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Our goal is that every time somebody comes into the facility, whether they're doing one-on-one training um, group fitness, athletic training, massage therapy, nutrition, that they leave with a memory and a positive experience. And it's funny because some of the guys make fun of me, but I take a lot of pride in our Google reviews. We have like 45, I think five-star Google reviews. And one person just recently left a four-star and I don't know why, but it, he left a great review, but it was four stars instead of five. And like all of a sudden I jumped into the group and I was like, who trained him like why why did he leave four stars what's going on because i'm excited for 15 months to be open for us to have 44 or 43 five star reviews and people are writing paragraphs it's like we must be doing something right like we want to give you an experience we want to give you a memory to leave with and you know, that's, that's beyond, we want to give you results. We want to help you gain weight, lose weight, get into the pros, go from high school to college, college to the professional level, you know, help you with your nutritional, you know, Mm -hmm. desires and needs. But, you know, in terms of marketing and advertising, I think a lot of it comes down to is you have to be a little weird. Like we, you have to be willing to step outside the box. Like we did train station marketing where we, what we did was we set up, um, like a pop-up table. I don't even think we're allowed to do this, but we set up a quick pop-up table at the train stations and we had our banner and we gave out free mini waters and bananas and those flyers. So we were all there, trainers and coaches, we're handing out flyers, we're filming, we have our shirts on and we just made a presence. Of course, some people walked by and they didn't even want to look at us. Mm-hmm. So other people walked in the other direction, kind of just side, you know, side eyeing us. Like, what are these guys doing? But then, you know, other people ran right up people, whether they wanted a free banana for breakfast in the morning or they wanted water, we're giving them value or they just wanted to talk and have a conversation about a new business that had opened. Mm-hmm. So it was great. And we made our presence known. We hit a bunch of train stations and we're actually in a couple of weeks. We're going to copycat exactly what we did last year with that and do it again.
0: Wow. So you're intentional with, like, all your marketing and everything. Yeah, we're going to hit
1: every train station. We're going to hit Tuckahoe, Crestwood, Bronxville, and Scarsdale train stations. Um, the other thing that we did was really cool marketing was, and this is hilarious, we actually have a video of it um, on Instagram, is we did the lawn signs. Like, you know lawn signs you see if like yeah. you know, like, politicians? So we, we had a bunch of, we, I think we had 150 lawn signs made up that said Team Transform, Transform Fitness, and they were, like, giant versions of business cards. So what we did was, is we put them in, we we planted them all around Westchester County, up and down the Bronx River, uh, in front of in front of you know street lights, in front of poles. We stapled them to poles, going up Central Avenue. We put them everywhere, and I was getting text messages like, "Yo, you're, it's everywhere, it's everywhere." Like, what are you guys doing? They're like, "I see people, you know, on the side of the road ripping them out." Because what happened was. This is by mistake. Whoever's listening to this, this wasn't intentional. We didn't know that you weren't allowed to put these signs throughout a small town next to us, Bronxville. Basically, we have planted them all around Bronxville, and we get a call from the police, and they're like, hello, this is the Bronxville police. I'm like, hey, how are you? How's everything going? He's like, not so great. He's like, I just got a call from the mayor of Bronxville, and we need these signs removed immediately. You need to go back and pick up every sign. So... I I, did we know that you weren't allowed to plant. No. I mean, I saw a thousand X, Y and Z politicians planting signs around. So I figured, why not us, too? (laughs) So we ran back, we grabbed all the signs, threw them in the back of the truck. And then we went on every we went to every highway and and um, parkway that we could think of. And we put the signs at each exit. So when people are driving slow, getting off the exit, they would see our signs. And then we made a quick announcement on social media and we said, whoever finds a sign and takes a picture or a selfie with it, gets a week free or a couple of days free to transform fitness. So we had people that actually went on a little bit of a hunt and they tagged whatever and they were like, found my sign. And so it was funny. Wow, and, uh, that's
0: so creative.
1: Yeah, it just little things like that. And another thing was, we knew from the beginning that we wanted to really build a community. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we knew we wanted to build a culture and a community and we knew that... Beyond offering this tremendous service and team transform had to mean something. Mm-hmm. We don't just have it written on our wall for no reason. And we don't just call ourselves team transform just to say it because it sounds cool. We wanted to build a culture and a community where people come and they feel comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. But not only that, that we could share laughs, we can have a good time together. And a lot of times you hear, I think like old, you know, old school stuff and maybe even new school, like, you know, you have to keep a fine line, you know, don't become friends with your with your mm-hmm. members or your clients. But I think for today's day, you have to be friends. You yeah. have to, they have to have a trust in you. Mm-hmm. You have to put that guard down and, and build a relationship with everyone. Mm-hmm. Or, does it have to be professional? Yes. But that doesn't mean that just because it's professional, it can't be fun and exciting.
0: So it's not just about like getting money, it was about actually building community and like helping them in every way possible.
1: Exactly. I, I think. As much as it was about having fun for the members and the clients, I think for us also we wanted to have a good time. Mm-hmm. We just spent, you know, all of us work really hard from the top down from my partner Brian, Ryan, to myself and all of our trainers, to um, our front desk, to, to our cleaning staff. So we have a cleaning staff in our facility, it's a husband and wife, it's a Spanish couple and they come with their two young young daughters. And they come every single night to clean our facility. We could have hired a big time cleaning company. We could have mm-hmm. hired, you know, a big service, but we didn't. My partner Ryan had a relationship with, with this, um, couple. I, I think worked for him in the past. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to take a chance and use them. And what's amazing is you see them come in and they really, really do the best that they can like mm-hmm. it, it's just i in my heart just like again i'm telling you like I, you know i kind of have a soft spot for things i look at them and i'm like how could we ever not go with them like how could you ever choose a cleaning service over this family mm-hmm. like when you know that they're doing the best that they can to put money on uh to put um food on the table for their children or to get money to pay for their kids you know grammar school they bring their little kids late at night so their kids are there from probably nine thirty to 11 o'clock each night and the other day, the little girl was there, and I was talking to her. I was like, "What are you doing?" She, I think she's like eight years old, and I was playing around. And she's like, "Oh, she's like, we just set up our our uh, supermarket." I was like, "Really?" And she had all these little, um she had all like the yoga blocks, the the plyometric box, all the weights, and she had them all surrounding her, and she was like in the center of it. And her and her sister were paying – Like she, her sister would walk up to her, and she was like. Um, hi I like to buy a dumbbell or I like to buy you know um, a bag of bananas and she would hand her the yoga block pretending it was a bag of bananas and then when her mom like you know whistled to her she was like that's it clean up it's time to go she was like okay sorry everybody and she's talking to these invisible people she's like we have to close up now but we'll deliver all of your goods to you so she gets on one of our um, we have like this ab roller and she gets on the ab roller and she starts wheeling around and she's pretending that she's like a, a delivery, a, you know, a UPS <laughs> and she's delivering all this stuff. So I look at that and I'm like, you know, maybe she's a little entrepreneur budding. She's, she, she goes from having her little supermarket of dumbbells and yoga blocks to her mom tells her she has to clean up, but she's still dedicated to make all the deliveries to these imaginary houses.
0: Yeah. What, did, what does it take to be an entrepreneur who's just starting out? Like what advice would you give to someone who's like 23, 24, who wants to make it big? What should they do?
1: So yeah, you know, I think a lot of, you know, why I appreciate you bringing me on to this podcast is because, you know, you said to me, you know, to speak to somebody who's starting off entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial venture in their 20s, mm-hmm. you know, so I just turned 25. So I'm, I want people to realize I'm not speaking to impress anyone. I'm not speaking to, as a person who is this ultra successful person. Where my success is, is in following my dreams, my passions and my ambitions. Where my success is is working with my partners and actually starting our business, like taking the risk and beginning. That's where it is. So if I'm going to say anything about what does it take, I think it takes, you know, grit. It takes courage. It takes passion to be able to kind of turn your back on this thought that we've been raised with, I think we're all, we're really, really in this world where it's very easy to either get brainwashed or to get pulled into the everyday life where you know you go to school, you go to college, you get a degree, and now you go work for the rest of your life, you know, for this degree. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And there are amazing people who do amazing things in the world and have done great things for our society who follow that scheme. But it's not for everyone. And I think that's what being an entrepreneur is all about: is taking your 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 childhood passions, taking your goals, taking your ambitions, and turning them into something. Anyone can have an idea, Mm -hmm. but you have to execute this idea. You have to turn it into something tangible. You have to make it physical. We can all think of amazing things. We all have these fantastic ideas, this amazing thought process. How many times do we see people who are like, I should have thought of that, or I could have thought of that. <laughs> it was
0: like Gary Vee, right? I, ideas are shit without
1: execution. Exactly. I, I love Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. Ideas are shit without execution. How many times are we watching TV, and one of those, like, you know, I just saw one on TV. It's this rubber, <laughs> it's this rubber piece with a bunch of holes in it, and all you do is crack an egg, and you put the egg in all the holes, oh, yeah,
0: I saw and, that then, <laughs> and then you
1: hold both sides and you flip it over, and... I'm sitting there with my dad. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, we could have thought of this. Or what about this zucchini noodle uh-huh. thing? You stick a zucchini into it and you just turn the nut of the yeah. thing and it turns it into noodles. Half of those things you see, anyone could have thought of, but it's about taking it to the next level and actually doing it.
0: I have a question. So you talk a lot about your partners, right? Yeah. Do you think you would be who you are without your partners?
1: I don't think, I think... You know, like, do a- you
0: think you would be as successful as an entrepreneur without your partners? Because a lot of people who are starting out it's hard for them because they don't have someone who thinks like that. Look, if
1: I'm being completely honest, like, I'm, so I'm going to answer that question hundred with 100% authenticity and just being real and open. I know since a young age from the, the, the values that my parents have instilled in me, I've always been ambitious. I've always been entrepreneurial. When I was 15, 16, 14 years old, I was buying um, Lacoste shirts off eBay and trying to sell them at, at local, you know, fairs that we had at our school to... Starting a landscaping business at 10 years old and I didn't own a lawnmower and I was still going around and I'll never forget it. The name of the company is landscape maintenance. My dad took me to Staples and he made me buy like those little sheets where you could print out um, business cards Mm -hmm. and he supported it and he was like, all right, let's go. But he knew that I was never going to be able to mow anyone's lawn but i remember my first marketing flyer and i was like dad what should i come up with and i was making it on on microsoft word and i was like i want to mow people's lawns i want to make money and my mom is like frank he doesn't even have talking to my dad he doesn't even, we don't <laughs> what is he going to do are you going to help him he's he's eight he's 10 years old whatever it was and my first slogan was the leaves are falling landscape maintenance um, don't get caught. I forgot what it was, but whatever it was, the leaves are falling. Okay. So I went around, I made a bunch of flyers and I handed them out into everyone's mailbox. So
0: you had that hustle mentality.
1: I had that hustle mentality. But to go back and answer what you said in regards to my partners, no, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am um, now or I wouldn't, and again, I don't see myself as being successful in a financial or like um, notoriety sense, but in terms of like my success in terms of starting the business, I absolutely would not be where I am now without either of them. To answer your question, would I be where I am without my partners? 100% not. Do I believe that I would still be excelling and, and pursuing a passion and pursuing my dreams, goals and ambitions through health and fitness? Yes.
0: What are the qualities one should look at when they're looking for a team member or a partner?
1: You know, a lot of people, that was the other thing. A lot of people said, you know, you never want a partner, you never want a partner. But I think we need each other. I think you need a partner. Yeah. And maybe in some business aspects, you never want a partner you don't need a partner. Yeah. But in my experience, you need people with different roles. You need to play roles. You need to have different mindsets. You need to find people who are ambitious,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who you can trust. And trust is a big one, a big, big, big one. So I'll put trust first mm-hmm. and in bold, underline three times. So trust, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to be willing to take risks because in business as the business grows and develops, you're going to come up with new ideas, you're going to want to pursue, you know, other ventures and in terms of like different revenue streams or different Mm -hmm. services that you want to offer different ways that you're going to market or or pursue, you know, customer acquisition or, Mm -hmm. or customer retention. But without having the, tr- without being able to trust one another, without having that ambition to keep moving forward, and without taking risks, how far can anyone really get?
0: So you're a firefighter, and when you are not a firefighter, you have a you know transfer fitness gym, and you also do personal coaching, and you also go around and like help kids, like you know like educate them about health and fitness. How do you have that drive, and what drives you?
1: Um, overall, I'm going to, uh, overall, I, I thought about this a lot too. In the beginning, I was talking about my mom and how I know she instilled a lot of the drive in me in terms of health and fitness, but my, my dad really instills a lot of drive in me in, in terms of just, uh, I don't know for lack of better words, just drive. I get a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit, a lot of my, you know, hardcore, like hustle, 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 uh, mentality from my father. I, my dad owned a deli and catering business for, 25 years. And I would go to work with him very often and I would see just how hard and just how much effort that he put in. And he would wake up at four o'clock, you know, sometimes 3.30 a.m. every morning, drive out to Westbury, Long Island. He would come home six, seven, eight o'clock at night, sit down, watch TV. You know, my mom would have food on the table for him and then he would wake up the next day and do the same thing. And for the first 16 years, I think he literally did that seven days a week. And then on like year eighteen, maybe he decided to give himself a break, and he took off Sundays. You know, so that's the type of you know I'm, that was his break. He took off Sundays, right? So a lot of my ambition came from that, and I think like he taught me a lot of things, and I and it's stuff that I relay back into my life without even realizing, like things as small as like how to mop or how to take care of customers. He had me on a milk crate, ringing up customers at like. 12 or 10, 8 years old, like whatever. I, I was, I, would, I was young enough where if I stood in front of the cash register, and I'm not that tall anyway, so, but if I stood in front of this, the cash register, I, you know, wouldn't be able to see the screen. Or, wow. yeah. So he had me on a milk crate and he would, and I would ring customers up. He had me with a sharp knife in my hand on a milk crate, cutting peppers in half and then gutting the inside of the peppers out bringing them over to the sink, dunking them in cold water, rinsing them, and then putting them on the side. Like he, he gave me, he put responsibility in my hands. And then, you know, I started off, maybe he was giving me $20 a day. Mm -hmm. And I would, by the way, I was waking up. If I went to work with my dad, I woke up with my dad. It's not like the deli was close to our house. It was basically an hour out. So, you know, I live in Westchester. The deli was out in Westbury. So we would drive out he would let me sleep in the car, I would get to the deli, and it was game time. You just have to picture a little kid with, the apron is way too big for me, so he folded the apron like 10, and I wanted to be like him, right? So if he had an apron on, I wanted the apron on. And if some of the workers that he had, you know, the deli clerks, had the apron around their neck, no, my dad always wrapped it around his waist. So I wanted a Post Avenue deli, that was the name of the business, I wanted my shirt, and I wanted my apron to the point where he had a custom make a small shirt for me in a kid's size. Oh, wow. So he made me my little <laughs> shirt, we folded the apron and, you know, to get back to what you were saying in regards to where is my ambition and drive to go back and, and educate kids whether it's high school or college level. Um, I haven't actually been told a lot of people this, like, going through high school and college, I, I often thought about becoming a teacher and, I like, even though I knew like being a regular teacher, like wasn't the direction I wanted to go in. I wanted to share something. Like I liked sharing. I, I was, I was inspired by the teachers in my life that actually made a real difference. And I thought like, wow, like maybe one day I can do that for somebody. I didn't know what it would be. And I thought small, like I thought, oh, maybe it'll be in English or biology. Not that those things are small, but it wasn't what I was going to teach. Right. So now that I have this passion that, you know, through health and fitness and I have developed the ability and the knowledge to not only help myself, but help our clients, help our members to, to succeed, my online clients. I thought to myself, like, why not share this value with others? Mm-hmm. Why not share what I wanted to be told or that I felt that I should have been told in high school and in college? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not only myself, but my partner, Ryan, he helps a lot of kids who are battling drug addiction. So he takes them on trips each year, and he does that personally. He, he, he helps them with their mentality. He funds Mm -hmm. a lot of their things. He gives them money. I've seen him give people money out of their pocket and that's something that's really important to him, helping these children or these young adults who are fighting drug addiction and putting them back on path Mm -hmm. to, to, to pursue what they want to do or giving them the advantage to not be addicted to drugs, but maybe to be addicted to their goals and to realize Mm -hmm. that they do have potential, Mm -hmm. um, Brian is a school teacher. So I don't know if you know that either, but we all have, you know, different, you know, careers as well. So Brian is a school teacher. So he works for children as well.
0: What advice would you want to give to an entrepreneur who wants to quit their job and start something?
1: So that's, I'll answer that two parts. So the thing with going back to high schools and colleges is there is nothing better. And the high school, the college that I actually went to the last had the biggest impact on me because The the kids and I'm you have to you know you realize we were in class together me and you we're not that much older than kids who are juniors and sophomores in college right now so they actually all stayed after and not all of them but like five of them stayed after and they asked me a lot of questions and it really just felt good because I'm able to share that but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like okay. This may not be a million kids. This may not be a hundred. But if I can help change the thought process or at least influence the thought process, right? Because who am I to change their thought process? I want to influence it.
0: Like plant a seed.
1: Yeah, I want to plant a see mm-hmm. If they can realize, oh, wow, Frankie could do it. If Frankie did it, then why can't I? Mm-hmm. Right. So there was a kid who was a junior and he started his own fitness brand of clothing. And then there was another um, kid who's actually one of my very close friends now who I mentor quite often. Um, and he was once one of my clients, and he's getting into online training. So I said to both of them, I said, why don't you two come together? And he does the online training, he does the programming, and you do the fitness, you do the apparel. Why don't you, with every shirt comes a meal plan, with every meal plan comes a free shirt. And why don't you figure that out? Because what kids do not realize right now, and I'm a kid too, like I'm 25, I don't care, I'm a kid, right? I'm a young adult. And I wish I would have realized this in college, is that, when you go, when you were in high school and when you were in college in 2017, with the social media potential that we have now, you can build an unbelievable community. Mm-hmm. Why can't somebody start a t-shirt company and then they get the account for every sorority and fraternity in that college and they make the cool t-shirts or they put a cool quote on it? Why can't the kids at the high school that I visit, you know, you know, what's really in right now? Cool quotes. Why can't they rip the Poland spring wrapper off a water bottle and wrap it with X, Y, and Z high school with like a funny slogan on the back and sell those water bottles? And, you know, like there's just little things that we can do. And then if you start a venture and you pursue it through college, imagine traction that you can gain. Everyone's looking for I wish for a friend, I did this in college. I, wish I, I in college. wish I did this in college. I wish. I wish I thought about this in Me college. Too. And I think about it in my in my head and I'm like, if there's one thing I regret a little bit, and this is a little bit. It, and I go back and forth. I pull from both sides with this. It's like, do I regret not going away to college? Yes and no. Do I regret staying home for college? Yes and no. I, d- I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think, to be honest, deep, deep, deep down inside, I don't think I would be where I am right now in such a great position if I had gone away. Mm-hmm. Because things are really falling into place for me. But again, I tell these kids like, why you don't realize like everyone wants a friend in college. Yeah. Everyone is is... is is looking to ha- be part of a group, to start a plan. It's cool to be an entrepreneur right now. Yeah. But like you actually have to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You actually have to go for it. So maybe some nights it means not drinking and going out with your, with your friends and chasing girls or chasing guys You know, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take Thursdays off, and that's your 10-hour day. Because let's be honest, you're not in class all day in college. You're not. There's a lot of free time. Yeah. Why not take a couple of hours and put that towards meeting up with a couple of your close friends? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I said to them, cause this was his answer. He said to me, he was like, dude, but I can't afford a graphic designer. He's like, how am I going to design all these shirts? He's like, it's killing me with the money. And he was like, and beyond that, he's like, you know, you have such great content on your Instagram. He's like, how can I figure that out? How can I make that? He's like, I I don't have, you know, I don't know how to edit like that. He goes, and I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. I said, I said, I said, you are in college. I said, go to the videography or photography club I and, wish I did that. and become friends with Joseph, who who is amazing at videography. Now go to the graphic design and, and creative, you know, whatever club and figure out if Rachel is really cool at making graphics. And I said, and instead of you know being greedy. Why don't you give Rachel 5% of the company, give Joseph 5% of the company, and now you have a full-time graphic and video and picture person. Yeah. And then now you team up with the other guy, he makes the meal plans, you make the, the, you're designing the t-shirts, Rachel makes them come to life with the graphics, and Joseph is videoing and documenting everything. And now you have your business. Like, I think far too often, you know, when we're starting businesses, Especially when you're young, like you're thinking a little bit, you know, more greedy or like money, money, money. But why not? You know, I I always say like, or my dad may have always said it. I don't know. I guess I'm using his terms. But a half a loaf of bread is better than than none.
0: I want to go back to a um, question where two years ago you went to Barnes & Nobles and you got 10 books. Then after that you got some Audible. Then you started listening to podcasts. What made you go to Barnes & Nobles and what made you make that decision and how has it impacted your life?
1: To be honest, I can't remember the exact reason why I went there besides the fact that when I was hired as a firefighter, right? And I, I was born and raised in, in the city of Yonkers. And my goal since I was young to, was to become a Yonkers firefighter. As you go through high school, as you go into college, you kind of lose sight of those early childhood goals. But, you know, thanks to my father slamming me in the chest with the application, I wound up, you know, reigniting that. And then, as soon as I graduated college, I was blessed and I know I got that call to, to be put into the academy and become a firefighter. And through the academy and during my first year, I was getting a lot of Ideas like these ideas were just coming into my head left and right. I wanted to do everything mm-hmm. So I said to myself like how am I gonna learn like I can't I don't know everything I want to be able to and I still don't but I just wanted to learn and have mentors I wanted it to be different than people I knew I didn't want it to be my mom or dad I didn't want it to be my sister. I didn't want it to be my, my family and I said I'm gonna start reading books and I bought a bunch of books and I started listening to podcasts and I would get in my car and I would drive around From point A to point B, whatever destination I had to go to, and I would put, instead of putting the songs on the radio that play the same bullshit songs every day, I plugged my aux in or my USB, and I was listening to podcasts. Instead of going on the internet and just reading aimless aimless stuff and just scrolling through Facebook, I started reading books. And one of my favorite books that I think has had, I I don't know why this book, this book should be up there with like Napoleon Hill or up there with Mm -hmm. um, you Think and Grow Rich or The Law of Success. There were two books that I've read I read that really had an impact on me, especially in terms of culture, community and developing like a business where there's a team and family atmosphere. And the first one was Do the Kind Thing by Daniel Lebetsky, and he's the CEO of Kind Bar. And the second one is Delivering Happiness by Tony Hsieh, and he is the CEO of Zappos. Those two books ignited such a fire and passion in me that I can't explain. And then in terms of podcast, um, it was the MFCEO project with Andy Frisella. Um, And videos like YouTube stuff that I was watching was Gary V. So that's where I got a lot of my inspiration. While so much of my inspiration comes from my, my, my mom, my dad, my sister... I needed I needed something else. I needed just I needed a mentor. So I was driving around playing the podcast, and I actually felt like I was in a classroom. I felt like I had a mentor sitting in my passenger seat, all buckled up, talking, you know, wisdom into my ear. And let's be honest, like it's not that I was trying to listen to all those things just because I wanted to regurgitate it and to sound good or to sound cool. I wanted to learn. Like I wanted to develop and and foster tools and 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 brain power. I wanted to have knowledge and then execute it. And I felt like at that time. That I didn't have enough. So that's what I did. And it was the best decision. It was one of the best decisions I could have possibly made. It's so
0: funny. You don't even realize where your thoughts are thinking. Because you're so involved with that podcast or books that you, your friends are like, wow, you're like a different person now.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, what, you know, I have had, like, the same really core group of friends since I've grown up, um, since I'm probably, like, 13 or whatever it is. And it's funny because a lot of people say, like, oh, once you get older, like, you know, your if your mindset changes, you know, your friends don't, you know, support you as much or whatever. But I've had – my friends have been nothing but amazing, you know, even if they don't share the same mindset as me, even if they're not as entrepreneurial or they don't, you know, they have supported me, like, mm-hmm. an unbelievable amount. Mm-hmm. And now I have – and, you know, we're still all really close friends, hopefully, you know. I think I know for sure that's going to stay that way for the rest of our lives. And now I have a ma- another amazing group of friends with, with the guys at the gym and the girls at the gym and you know, my partners. So it's fun because I love seeing my friends actually come to the gym and now they're friends with my you know with the yeah. trainers. And it's just great seeing all of that take place.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you another question. In terms of fitness, right? A lot of people start something, right? New resolution. Great, let's do it. But then what happens is, it's so hard for them to be consistent and persistent right Mm -hmm. so how are you so driven how are you so consistent and persistent and what can people do to add that in their lives
1: so in regards to like health and fitness just being consistent with it
0: yeah i mean i have friends who do like crash diets and lose like 15 20 pounds in a month and next thing you know they gain like 25 pounds back but
1: i hate honestly i hate yo-yo diets i hate these crash diets i mean we live in a world where you walk down the aisles of a supermarket and, and you turn on the tv and everything's fat free everything is is carb free and a lot of it is for lack of better words a lot of it is bullshit mm-hmm. we need consistency it's not about a diet you know, anything that has the word die in it i don't really like to follow too much mm-hmm. And um, don't quote me on that. There's probably a couple of cool words with the D I E in it, but I don't know. But you know what I mean. Like it, a lot of it is bullshit. We live in this world of fast food and slow digestion. We live in a world where people are running around and they're chasing. They're chasing the next fad. They're chasing these models and these celebrities that they want to look like on Instagram or on social media, and we get caught up in that. But I like to preach, and I try to really instill this in, in my clients: is it's not about a diet; it's about a long term plan. It's about a game plan it's about longevity because in 20 30 40 50 60 years from now when you're still alive and you're 90 years old which 2017 there's tons of great medicine there's tons of great medical technology out there now so we have to expect to live longer but you can't rely on the pharmaceutical industry you can't rely on the medical industry for all this you can't rely on other people what's going to happen when you're 60 70 80 90 years old do you want to live those last 30 years of your life you know, ama- in an amazing fashion. Do you want to still make memories, still have experiences, or are you going to be somebody who can't roll out of bed? Not because you have a disease, not because you have cancer, not because you have something that's that's debilitating to you, but because that would be one thing, right? That would be one side of the story. But so many of us are seeing that this is happening because just of a lack of preparation, mm-hmm. a lack of being healthy lack of taking pride and holding yourself accountable for the foods that you should be putting into your body you are what you eat your stomach is your second brain your stomach is your second brain so we have our brains in our head but you have your brain in your stomach our foods digest they go through our bloodstream they enter our organs they enter our body you know they come in they come out of us people need to realize people need to understand that it is so important for you to nourish your body properly Mm -hmm. it's about nourishing and it's not always about a takeaway. It's about adding things in too. It's about changing, substituting. It's not you don't go on a diet and look at it as like some type of death sentence or or big crisis or I can't stand it. I'm eating I'm eating nuts all day. No, what do you like to eat? We need to give ourselves the opportunity to experience new foods.
0: Be more creative. Be
1: more creative with how you're doing it. If you have to meal prep, you have to meal prep. If you have to drink water, you have to drink water. Stop thinking short term. Look, I, for me, I mean This is the most consistent I've ever been, but I should, I should have more muscle. I should look better aesthetically. From a vanity standpoint, I look at myself in the mirror every day. I'm 25 years old. I'm a firefighter. I own a fitness facility, which I consider one of the best, you know, facilities in New York. And I, I consider it one of the best facilities in the world, right? I love, love, love our team. I love my partners. I love the family and the culture that we build. So you have to believe in yourself. I consider Transform Fitness one of the best fitness facilities and services in the world, but I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, dude, your arms should be bigger. Why don't you, you should have a six pack, but you have an eight pack. And I'm like, oh wait, I'm, I'm five foot six. Uh, I think my torso is too short. I think I'll stick to a four pack. You know what I mean? But like, I look at that and I think like, the same way I battle things, I think of the person who's not, you know, as into fitness as I am. But what this all comes down to and what this all culminates to into is to is do you have the knowledge? Because going through grammar school, through high school, through college, Are we really given the knowledge beyond textbook, you know, nonsense, you know, not that it's nonsense, but beyond textbook material or like the X, Y, and Z basics of of health and nutrition? Do we know that like waking up in the morning and having a cup of coffee with three tablespoons of sugar and then a bagel with cream cheese and 20 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours later having another coffee? Is that healthy? After being asleep for five, six, seven, eight hours a night, you wake up in the morning and you're supposed to kickstart and ignite your body. What should your people digestion. do
0: in the morning? How should I mean, they start their day?
1: I mean, this is what I do. I wake up in the morning. I kickstart my, my morning with half a lemon squeezed into water. Why? Just because I like the way I feel with the lemon. It kickstarts your metabolism. It gives you energy. It kickstarts your digestion. If I'm feeling a little weird, the leftover lemon juice that's in that lemon, I put it in my hand, rub it around. I put it on my face. I kind of wake myself up a little ah. bit. I have like three, I have, no, I have like anywhere between three to six eggs, if I, depending on what I'm doing for my body in terms of, of what I'm trying to build, lose, tone, tighten. Uh, you know, egg whites, regular eggs, whole eggs. The number varies. I'll have some type of protein, carb, and vegetable source in the morning, whether it's quinoa, whether it's steel cut oats, whether it's sweet potatoes. I'll have, you know, maybe a quarter of an avocado, uh, maybe some spinach. I want to ignite my body with fuel. I want to give myself and put myself with my best foot stepping forward in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because by the time 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock comes, you don't feel groggy. Mm-hmm. You don't feel tired. Your eyes your eyes aren't getting heavy. Do you drink coffee? I don't drink coffee. I actually... Fun fact about me is I have never had a cup of coffee in my life.
0: Whoa.
1: I've had... I've tried coffee, like, off of a spoon. My dad is a coffee addict, so I've tried it. Um, just recently with one of my friends, I tried... um what is it? Like the shot is an espresso, right? Yeah. Like a little shot. Yeah. I had like one shot of it. I didn't feel it. I didn't care. It wasn't like it didn't make yeah. a difference to me. Besides that, I've never once had a cup of coffee in my life. Whether it was iced, cooled, room temperature, hot, never in my life. Wow.
0: What else do you do for morning routine?
1: Um. So this isn't every morning, but, you know, again, just turned 25. I'm getting more and more into it and I'm realizing the importance of it. Um. I throw on a podcast in the morning. So, Or I'll grab a book that I've already read um, and I'll turn to a page that I've underlined and I'll just read like a paragraph of it because I know if I underlined it that it was something positive mm-hmm. or something that I should remember. And let's be, I mean, look, we all underline passages and, and lines or sentences in a book. How many times do we really go back and start referencing them? It, it's rare, but, or, or you just do it to those one or two books. So I'll grab a book that maybe I haven't touched in a while. So I'll grab, you know, the Tony Shea book or I'll grab... Um, do the kind of thing. I'll open it up and I'll read something really quick, and it's just something positive. Okay. So, as much as all this good stuff I'm sharing, like, I- I'm not perfect at all. So, what I need to work on personally is um, not waking up and going into my cell phone. Like I, if I look, I'll show you my phone right now. If I open my phone and I go to text messages, you'll see right here. It's so it's eight o five at night right now. My <laughs> 83 last messages. My yeah, I have eighty three messages. My last text was at eight o one p m. And watch, I'm gonna swipe twice. Stop. That is still from 729 this morning. Wow. All of that. So look, again, I'm not looking to impress anyone. I'm not looking whatever. But I have a lot of people who are asking me health questions. A lot of people asking me about, you know, fitness. Um, a lot of people, you know, just texting me trying to catch up or business venture. But what I need to do and really work on is, one, waking up and detaching from my phone a little mm-hmm. bit. Being thankful to not being so glued to my phone. Mm-hmm. As much as it is like a catalyst for a lot of success, like social media is amazing. You know, being able to communicate, texting, business, your clients. I think I need to step back a little bit and appreciate it. Um, you know, hang out with my mom, dad, my mom more, my dad, my niece, my sister, my brother-in-law, my girlfriend.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, what, tell us a little bit about
1: the Domino's Pizza Box. Um, the Domino's Pizza Box. <laughs> So I was saying, think outside the Domino's pizza box in the sense where in college, kids are always eating Domino's, whatever it may be. I used to love Domino's, believe it or not. So I said, think outside the Domino's pizza box in the sense where, one, it means think outside the box in terms of beyond just what's in front of you. Think outside the box and, and look further. Like what else does life have to offer you? What else is there in college that you can that you can gain from? There's so much value that you can get from individuals and people in college. I think one of the best things about college is not the education. It's the people that you meet. Your your net worth mm-hmm. is essentially going to be your network. And your network in 2017, whether it's social media or college or high school, has never been more important. It's crucial. So then, so you have to make sure that you're putting yourself in a position. Just be open. The thing beyond that, too, was from a health and fitness sense because obviously, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to view myself as a health and fitness professional. And I have more to learn, but that's a cool name and buzzword to call myself. But... Um, Think outside the Domino's pizza box. I Meaning, get away from the unhealthy shit. Like, think outside of that. Like, what can I do? What other foods can I have? You know, you see, we go to restaurants and and you know, you order. You want to be healthy, so you order grilled chicken and and you know whatever. And then they say, oh, okay, we have. You know, what do you want for your side? Oh, what do you have for your sides? Well, we have we have linguine, we have penny, penny vodka, we have spinach, and we have broccoli. And they're like, uh, should I have the, <laughs> should I have the spinach? Should I have the the broccoli, or should I do the penne? You know what? I think I'm gonna have the penne. Like, can I, got I get
0: Linguini the yesterday. Yeah,
1: can I get the linguine? <laughs> no, so exactly right. It's like, like, if you're gonna commit, commit. So think outside the Domino's pizza box and just get there. And there's nothing against Domino's. Domino's is, is delicious. People have but, a
0: hard time com- like committing. How do you build that mindset?
1: I, the mindset is this I think if I'm really thinking super 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 like deep down and this is a big thing that we, we talk about and that I like to preach. we talk about it at the gym and I like to preach it. you'll probably find it in every other caption that I write on Instagram is uncovering like your purpose and your why. like why are you doing this? like if you're coming to the gym and, and you want to exercise and you want to want to work out, it goes beyond just the vanity of I want to look good on the beach. I, I, I want, you know, I want to look good for prom. You know, I want, to, I'm wearing a spaghetti scrap, I'm wearing a spaghetti strap dress, so I don't want my back fat to pour out. Or I want this girl, this guy to like me. It goes beyond that. It's, well, what's deeper? Were you bullied in high school or college and you want to prove those fuckers wrong? Where was your mom or dad maybe not, because we're not all fortunate. We're not all dealt, the, all dealt the same hand. Was your mom or dad maybe not as supportive, supportive of you? And you want to be like, dad, look, look what I did. And I think that's where it comes, to, do you have kids that you want to influence and support? Because maybe you're 50 years old And you're taking care of your father Who could have avoided this But he has really bad health issues And you want to be a better influence For your children So it comes down to For me personally is My parents have done the very best That they could To put me and my sister In this position that we are now And I feel blessed And and I am nowhere near What I know Like I'm getting ready to triple down and go so hard on my goals and my passions that like these next six months for me i'm like i'm super excited about because i know that i'm just putting things in place i'm nowhere near where i want to be for for myself the gym our partners my my, uh our trainers like none of us are but beyond that it's like i owe this to my parents i owe this to myself and i owe this to just being here the fact that we're just here is amazing and i think so many of us just like kind of like Crawl through life yeah. Right I'm, I'm sprinting at all times yeah. Like you could tell From my scattered Like thoughts too Like my <laughs> brain Is constantly going So I don't know I maybe have ADHD Or ADD And if I do I, I thank, I'm thankful for it And
0: Would I you. think a lot of people Our age Are in that limbo Because They know what they Like doing Like you like fitness So you are in that direction Most people like Different things But they're doing jobs as investment banking while they love philosophy. But nothing
1: and, and I'm happy you brought that up. This is absolutely nothing against anyone who's who's doing anything like that, who's following that the path that they set themselves up with through college and mm-hmm. their diploma and their degree. But there's more to a person than their associates, bachelor's and master's degree. There's more to a person than their diploma. Mm-hmm. People have passions. People have dreams. People have ambitions, and a lot of what I've learned this year too is a lot of what I do. I've I've learned I think to talk a little bit less and to listen more to people who are older than me. Whether it's in the firehouse, whether it's family, you know, friends. I have friends that are you know way older than me, and and that's one of the amazing things that you know in the firehouse. And beyond that, like my clients, I have a lot of clients who are, are older, and what I realized is. Is everyone has a passion? Everyone has a dream and a childhood desire. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to be an actor, whether it's to be um, a, a singer, mm-hmm. whether it's to write screenplays, mm-hmm. but or or to open up a deli or to to start a clothing company. Mm-hmm. But far too often, we forget those childhood dreams and those goals. And I think we need to. Yes, you have your base. Like go to college, go to high. You know, be, go to college, pursue That's all true. of that. But don't be scared to also pursue your dreams and your goals. If for a few years you're gonna take that risk and chase your ambitions, then do it. But just know that you really have to chase it hard. And w- what's amazing is that I think far too often we give up on those childhood dreams. And for me, I often think about like, would the younger version of myself look up to me? And a lot of my passion, I think, or a lot of my drive comes to a quote that I read once and it said, the definition of hell is on the last day of your life or the last day of earth, the person who you are meant to be or the ultimate version of yourself, yourself meets the person who you are.
0: That's Brown. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think to myself like, okay, I'm going to make it my mission that the person that I am and the person that I meet are the exact same person.
0: You have so many, You have so much confidence and I love that. But so many people don't dare to be themselves don't Look, I, believe that what they have to say matters and that is killing them
1: you know i don't like a lot of my confidence i think just comes from like i kind of stay in my lane in the sense where i'm not looking to be like a tony robbins guru where i'm i'm you know like that i don't have that type of Maybe in 20, 30, 40 years when I'm a true, like, I built, a, you know, business. I did all this mm-hmm. and succeeded. You know, it, it it's tangible. But I'm not going to be this 25-year-old who's on stage, you know, saying, buy my, you know, you should come listen to my seminar or, or buy my PDF on 10 ways that you can make a million dollars. Because you see those things online. It's bullshit. Like, where did you... Like, what have you done, mm-hmm. right? But what I do talk about is the health and nutrition, is is pursuing your passion through things and just at least starting. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found my success. So a, I'm, I'm as confident as I am, I'm confident in things that I know that I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about, or that I'm ambitious about and that I've, I'm knowledgeable about.
0: What's your definition of courage?
1: I think my definition of courage is to stepping outside your comfort zone enough and taking the risk to allow yourself to be who you're really meant to be so think so truly following your passions and your dreams because we all have these goals we all have these passions and aspirations and dreams that we want to follow and i think the really courageous person person the really courageous person finally just says i want to be who i want to be i want to be who i'm meant to be and Um,
0: so if people want to find you where should they find you
1: um, if people want to find me, I am most active on Instagram. So it's at underscore Frank Dagg, F-R-A-N-K underscore.
0: You guys should check it out. It's amazing.
1: Underscore D-A-G. And if you want to email me directly, you can email me at transformfrank at gmail.com. And stay tuned and be on the lookout for my new website, frankdagg.com. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much.
0: much. Thank you. Jinx.
1: Thank you. Christy.
0: Hey, you guys, thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate your time. And if you enjoyed this episode, then make sure to subscribe because every single week I will come up with awesome and epic interviews like this one. And do not forget to check out my website, LimitlessGrid.com for show notes.